Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. It's been a minute, but DMAC is back at his house with us. He is no longer traveling. He's getting a nice little week off before he'll head off to the Stanley Cup final. DMAC, welcome back. How are you? Whew. <laughs> you need that coffee. Well, how many, how many Thursdays have I been in a hockey arena? And I, by the way... I could have been in a hockey arena today. I will be because the Avs are practicing down at Family Sports. But fortunately for me, I live very close to the arena. I can have a cup of coffee with you. I can be on time for practice. And uh, it's good to be home. As good as it is to be home, Rachel, I can't wait to get back out on the road because now we're talking about the Stanley Cup final. So I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's going to be so much fun. We will talk a little bit more about abs later on in the show as we'll kind of get into practice and everything like that. But DMAC, are we entering truly the most prime time to be a Colorado sports fan with the abs, the Nuggets, and the Broncos? Maybe. Um, We had an amazing time here in Colorado from, I would say, 96 to, I'll even say 02 after the Stanley Cup. victory because they were really good even that year afterwards uh they didn't win it but they were really good so we had an amazing time in that six seven year period where you had multiple stanley cup victories and you had a super bowl uh two super bowl championships so i think that's an error i think the peyton manning era is an era all on its own now it's just the broncos but that was a really amazing special time we might be on the cusp of it. You know, Will Peterson wrote a great article for it on DenverFan.com. Yeah, pretty exciting, right? Like, um, you know, and I'm thinking about the Rockies, and the Rockies had the Blake Street Bomber era early. Then they had that period from, like, say, 06 to 09, where they went to the World Series, and then they were really good for the next couple of years. They did go to – we had the Nolan Arenado sort of thing, but it just didn't all time up. So the Rockies may be um, out of it. But think about it for a second. You want a billionaire owner, and and we've got that. You want a high-level quarterback, and you got that. You want an MVP on your basketball team, and you got that. You want a Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, back-to-back, and I don't know really what's going to stop them from, you know, except bias from, from now on. And you got a hockey team, Rachel, right now who should win it. And not only should they win it this year, just like Tampa – they are set up to win it for the next three or four years. Maybe if we're all lucky, and I, I really do think if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. were healthy, I look at the, the Warriors-Celtics final, and I'm like, that could be the Nuggets. That easily could be the Nuggets if they had those two guys back. Maybe, Rachel. Uh, maybe. And it's uh, I'm here for it because we've gone through some dark times too. So it's good to be out into the light. Yes. Uh, Ron in the comments says, thank you for the maybe, DMAC. You still need to win it. Absolutely. But enjoy yeah. the hype while it's here because this doesn't happen very often. I was saying, I even tweeted this out after the Avs won the Western Conference was, I'm in loving my timeline right now because you don't get to enjoy these moments very often. So soak it all in. Yeah, and I, I agree with Ron there. By the way, nice photo, Ron. Um, you got a, a championship does have to be part of a defining era. I I agree with Ron on that. Just making the playoffs or getting to the finals, it's not enough to consider it like a winning era. So if if we're on the cusp of it, Rachel, somehow you've got to do better 
than two Stanley Cups and two Super Bowls in a six-year period. We'll see. Let's hope so. Things feel like that. Um, hopefully that's the case. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into new owner. There's been a lot of talk about possibility now with the Broncos, with the um, Rob Walton family, Penner family. Are we going to see a new logo with this Broncos team? What do you think? Uh, well, I love the old D and the horse there, Bucky. I think that's the nickname. God, that first logo, really, seriously, what were they thinking? That is awful. Um, I don't mind the present logo. I, I've seen some designs for kind of like the old-fashioned D with Bucky and kind of a 3D sort of way. It's kind of like slanted a little bit. It looks kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Cecil tweeted that out actually yesterday. Oh, okay. I, that's where I saw it then. Yeah, check out Cecil's Twitter. It's got a picture of the one that DMAC is talking about right now. Looks good, though. I Listen, let me tell you something. As as much as I like to think I know about sports and life in general, and as smart as I am, I, I know my limits when it comes to design and fashion, Rachel. So <laughs> I, I'm, the, I'm probably the worst person to ask about any of that stuff. I have no eye for it, no sense of it. Uh, I'm kind of a, hey, that's good enough, you know, sort of dude. So sure, I guess, you know, um, it's not a big deal to me. But it seems to get everybody else excited, so great. You know, sure, I don't know. I don't care. I do like – here, my little story, Time, little D-Max story here. I do like the old D with the horse because in 1977, my dad moved our family to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. I was in third grade, and this is Stanko's class. And that was the first year the Broncos went to the Super Bowl with Red Miller, Haven Moses, Craig Moore, and all those type of guys – the Orange Crush, the Orange Crush, the original Orange Crush. And I was just a little kid, and that's when I first fell in love with sports. So my, even though I'm from Boston, and I only spent one year as a kid in Colorado, because my dad tried to be the next Hunter Thompson, and he wrote a book. It didn't get published. We ran out of money, and we moved back home. But we moved to the North Shore, not the South Shore, because my mom didn't really get along with her mother-in-law. Yada, 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 back to Massachusetts. But it was the Broncos who I was the first fan of, passionately as a kid and that was the logo so whenever i see the logo i i just have really fond memories of of the 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 one year that i became a sports fan and that's when i was in third grade i don't really remember sports uh before then but i could tell you oh my god i was so in love with that denver broncos team and they go to the super bowl and they lose to the cowboys which was heartbreaking um, but you know, we were in steamboat. We skied all day. We probably skied the next day, skied every day after that. So we were kind of all right, but still, I do remember that. And I do remember one time for whatever reason, we were driving across the state and we were driving past, I think I might've been in a soccer tournament or something as a little kid. We were driving past mile high stadium with the lights on a sold out crowd. And we were in steamboat, which was a real cowboy small town. So to see the bright, big lights of Mile High Stadium, and this is just driving past it on the road, I still remember that from being a little kid. So give me the old D with Bucky the horse, throw in a little 3D, and sure, I'll buy a hat. Okay, I would love to know what everybody else would like. If they would like to keep the current logo or go back to any of the other ones, we'll throw up a picture again real quick to show you. All of them, let us know which year you would like to see, or if you just want a completely new one, let us know in the comments. We would love to hear. I personally, I like the old one, but I or the current one, but I think that's because 
That's what I grew up with. Right. I love there that logo. I think of the Denver Broncos when I see that logo. Yeah, and they won Super Bowls with that logo and the in the blue jerseys. And listen, I think when it comes to sports and colors and design, it, it all goes back to what makes you feel good when you first fell in love with the team. So I'm I'm all for that kind of nostalgia. But if there's cool new things to do too, you know, I'm not I'm not against that. Again, I, I don't know. I can't match my socks. So I mean it's I'm the last person asked. You'd be yes. better than me on this. I don't match my socks either, but you know what? It keeps life interesting. We don't know where all the socks are. We got different ones. It's all right. <laughs> I always I'd say that all the time because I'm like, my socks are never gonna match. It's just not gonna happen. But as long as I've got two socks on my feet. Life yeah. is okay. We'll take but it. The thing is, like, when you don't even get close, you know, I looked down the other day and I was like, I was actually somewhere kind of dressy. And, uh, and I'm in a press conference and I go to fold my legs, you know, and I'm like, oh my God. I mean, I mean, <laughs> it was like, it was, it was, it was terrible. So I just put my feet down and hope nobody noticed. So, well, you know who I think probably has matching socks all the time? Who? John Elway. I'm guessing he does. And boy, oh boy, did he miss out on a huge paycheck with the sale of this Broncos team. So we're going to go back and DMX actually got some information that he can fill in here too. But back in September of 1998, John Elway was offered 20% of the team for $36 million. So Bolin said that he'd buy back the share for $5 or $5 million more plus 8% interest a year up to five years later. Elway decided no, he didn't want to be an executive. And in 2012, he was named president of football operations and GM. And in 2021, he fought for the right of the first refusal on the Broncos sale, but lost, giving him that right of first refusal in sale. He would have been the Broncos owner today. Now, even if he decided he didn't want that, his net worth today is $150 million. He would have taken home $930 million of the $4.65 billion sale. DMAC. That's yeah. crazy. That has to be one of those moments where you're just like, I can't even believe this happens. Yeah, it's, it's you know, that's a great graphic right there. But it even gets more complicated than that because there was a second attempt to get John Elway part of things. And Elway did want to do it, by the way. Uh, but there was a lawsuit that got settled in 2004 with the Kaiser estate. They recently tried it and it just didn't go anywhere recently. But they tried back in 2004. Um what what Kaiser was trying to do, because he only owned the team for a very short period of time before he sold it to Pat Bolin, is once that Bolin made an offer to Elway, Kaiser tried to come back over the top to try to buy, basically buy the team, um, saying uh, Bolin had violated things. This was a hard case. You can look it up back in 2004. It worked out for Pat Bolin, meaning he did not have to sell the team back to Kaiser, but it worked against John Elway which it means it stopped the sale to John Elway because Kaiser had certain elements of uh, right of first refusal. So it's not quite as simple as John just turned it down. There, there were other attempts that John clearly would have wanted to have some of the rights to the Broncos. Mm -hmm. And it was really Elway that got, the, that got it the worst in that court case back in 2004. The attorney from the Broncos then is Dan Riley. Dan Riley is still the attorney for the Broncos, settling up these cases even recently. And the plot even gets thicker. Dan Riley is married to Mary Kelly. Mary Kelly with Rich Livka and Joe Ellis are the three-person trust that's been overseeing the Broncos for the past seven years or so until this sale right to uh, Rob Walton. 
So, boy, Rachel, we got, I'm telling you, it's like Game of Thrones all over the place with relationships and lawyers and relatives and wives with like Elway and uh, Kaiser. And, and I'll give you this, though. I'll give you this. Um, Elway may have some sleepless nights because he really should and could have legitimately been the owner of this team or at least in a position to get a billion dollars if the sale went through, if he owned a certain stake. I saw part of the settlement is Pat Boland's brother is going to get a payout of a billion dollars. And the kids are going to, because he owned a, a, a certain percentage mm -hmm. of the team. And Elway would have at least been in that, if not the controlling owner himself. So, yeah, John Elway, as, as loaded as he is, and you don't feel bad for John Elway. Um, yeah, John Elway really did have a path to be a billionaire and it, it, it didn't work out for him on that one. So it's a, um, it's, it's crazy what John could have actually had. It's amazing. It would We're be interesting to have a conversation about that, you know, no cameras, no media, nothing, but to just actually think what John thinks of how this whole situation has played out, because to be fair, like John also stepped away when things got a little rough, right? Like, He's just now, he was supposed to step away, and now he's coming back. He's involved in minicamp and all those types of things. But really, like, when the going gets tough, was John going to be like, I, I don't want to do this, and, like, for the rest of forever as an owner? Well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, who knows? That's a good, good question. It'd be fun to have a candid conversation about that. That being said, you know, John's got a ton of money. Um, he's done just fine. I don't think he's, you know, oh, my gosh, can't get that appetizer. You know, I think he's he's okay. Um, After a certain it, degree, millions just top on top of millions, right? You know, Rachel, it's it's these are conversations in a crowd I don't hang around with. You know, <laughs> um, I'm not Brandon Stokely. I'm not a fly on the wall in those sort of rooms. But I would guess that if you are a fly on uh, in those rooms, you know, there's there's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. And there's a lot of ri rich people out there, but there's very very few really wealthy people. And when it comes to Broncos ownership now, you've got the wealthiest um, NFL owner owning the Denver Broncos. And I I think that's a good thing. Oh, I'm definitely here for it. I'm excited to watch them write some paychecks to hopefully keep this team very good. And hopefully they're good this year and for many more years going forward. But let's get into if you had $4.65 billion, DMAC, what could you buy? Let's get into this because there is definitely – a lot you can buy. So here we go. Okay. First things, you can send 62 of your friends and family <laughs> to space for a week and a half. 62 <laughs> of them. That's outrageous. I don't even, I don't have that many friends and family to be completely honest. I, I mean, neither do I, but I, I know some people I'd like to send to space and not come back. I mean, if that's a possibility, but but bing, bada boom. Uh, okay, there you go. That's That's a fun waste of money right there. 62. Listen, that's a for sure once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, though. But you could also buy 11 White Houses. I don't know why you would yeah, add but what would I? what would I do with White House 7? Now, the, the first six White Houses, I know exactly what I would do. There would be a point for all of them. That seventh White House, oh, man, I mean, I don't know. I think I might get a little bored by that time. But it, it's good to know that I could – oh, ah, that's where I have DMAC Fest instead of Fire Fest. <laughs> 62 private islands. You Perfect. 
I'm gonna Speak build. I'm gonna build cabanas that are gonna blow away and have Blink 182 cancel and give everybody ham sandwiches with floppy cheese. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna bankrupt each one of those islands with a made-up music festival, and I'm gonna strand a bunch of spoiled brat twenty-somethings on the island with no way to get home. That is my. That's what I'm gonna do, Rachel. Right there. That's the plan. Oh my goodness! All right, next one. You can buy seven super yachts. Uh, but I would need eight. You wouldn't need eight, but you could buy seven of them. That comes with seven uh, helicopters, too. <laughs> Who are these people, Rachel? So, like, someone owns that thing. Someone okay. owns that thing, and you could buy seven of them for 4.6 Rachel, I, I've always said it's better to know somebody with a super yacht than to actually own the super yacht. I mean, you know, think about how much time it takes to clean that thing. Jeez, forget it. Yeah, but you have people who can do it. Oh, I get I – mean, it's not just the super yacht. I actually can pay people to do stuff too. I don't have yeah, to do all my stuff. come fully stacked. Oh, you got oh that well, in, in that case, <laughs> where, no, where would you – You're out down there scrubbing it with a toothbrush at the bottom. But, Rachel, where – where am I going to put the super yacht at Cherry Creek Res Reservoir? I mean, it's only going <laughs> to, I'm only, I got to laugh, Rachel, one of the funniest things, Cherry Creek, it's like a bathtub, Cherry Creek Reservoir. It's so small. When I see people out there with power boats and sailboats, I'm like, I can see the other side. I I, I can swim there basically. And, and you got a sailboat. No, but that would be fun. I'm going to get my super yacht. I'm going to put it in a Cherry Creek Reservoir. And and that'll be that. It'll sit there in the middle, and I'll just wave at all my uh, I'll wave at everybody at Dam Road. Uh, here I am in Cherry Creek on my super yacht. With How you people super doing? Yacht. All right, next one. We've got thirty-two of the most expensive car in the world, which is a 1955 Mercedes Benz. They go wow. for 142 million dollars. And there's only 32 of them ever made. So you could literally buy every single most expensive car in the world. That's good. And you know what I love about that car? It's it's not built for big people. So, Rachel, me and you would be perfect in that vehicle. And we can leave all these big, dumb athletes that we have to work with just like, you know, sorry, you don't fit in, Tyler. Sorry, Mark Schlereth. Nice get knowing you, Chad here. Brown. Yeah, none of you guys fit in there. You know, sorry. That's the way it goes. It's made for the yeah. little people in the world. It's good, All right, get the next one. Yeah. We've got 15 mm. of the most expensive house in America, which goes for $295 million. This house is stunning, though. So you could put this, like, all over the country and have this house everywhere in the country. Yeah, I'd like to get – I'd get uh, one of those just so I could go to Russell Wilson. Right. Be like your house is nothing. That's my backyard. Nothing. Yeah. Wait till you see the birthday party for my kid. That's that's what I that's what I would say. All right. And then Zach By tweeted this out and said, "Think about it. Not only would Walmart hair Robert Walton be the richest owner in the NFL, but the gap between him and number two would be more billions than number two is actually worth. Which Dave Tepper, I believe, wow. is worth like sixteen billion. Wow. I want to say." That's crazy. Yeah, you know, and I'll give you actually a real NFL reason why it's cool, Rachel, is one of the things the Bolin family was was not accused of but knew about is they it's one thing to have a salary cap. It's another thing to use cash. And that's a great point by uh, Zach right there. 
the Broncos now will have a lot of cash. So you can pay people up front. So Russell Wilson's contract will be a great example. You can, um, you know, uh, you can defray a lot of the cost to the back end of a contract and you can just put a, like, it'll look like a low salary up front. It'll be a huge signing bonus. And because you can do that, you know, you got more wiggle room. In order to do that, though, Rachel, an organization has to have the cash to do that up front. And the Bolins just never were quite like that. Um, and, and not many teams are like that. But guess who is? Stan Kroenke. And that's how they did the Matthew Stafford deal. And likely that's how they'll do the Russell Wilson deal. That's a fair point that they could not move forward with the new Russell Wilson contract until the new owners took over for that very reason. And again, this is good news for Broncos fans because you can give Wilson a contract that while he'll be happy and satisfied because of the money, it won't kill the team because you can manage the cap a little bit different because it's, you know, cash, not cap. Um, I know it's kind of we get in the weeds with financial management, but at the end of the day, you really do want a owner who has cash on hand, and now the Broncos do. So that's a good thing. So, yeah, Dave Tepper, the owner of the Panthers, is $16.7 billion. That's his net worth. Um, the Cronkies, Sam Cronky, is $10.7 billion. And then Walton is $57.9 billion. Huge shout-out to Jake Shapiro, our producer, for dropping those numbers for me, to be exact. But – yeah. Those are, it's just crazy how much more money the Walton family and Penner family have. Yeah, it's hard to actually wrap your minds around it. So yeah. this whole debate about a new stadium feels silly. Of course, yeah. they're going to build a new stadium. They're going to build a new city. There's going to be, um, and, and by the way, that is a, that's a really good example. Look how few things were built by the Bolin family around the stadium over all this period of time. I know they've been working on it. I know they've been planning on it, but it just it just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And um, and it certainly hasn't happened because they were they were committed to that stadium. They didn't have the money to build a new stadium or and they did have to take public funds. So not only do the Waltons have enough money to not take public funds, they can put the stadium more or less wherever they want. Stan Kroenke just spent one hundred and seventy five million because they're going to develop a new training facility for the Rams. So this is what we're talking about. It I, I it feels foolish to even, you know, this was this was what we saw years ago, Rachel, when it came to this particular issue. And as, as great as it would have been to keep the, the team in the family, they just didn't have quite the uh, financial backing to to keep up with the Joneses or keep up with the Cronkies. They they really didn't. They could have kept things going more or less how they have been going, but they were they were a little strapped for cash to be able to do something bigger and beyond. And now that is not the issue. So it does matter on the field because it does help you front load contracts to keep better players. It can help you keep coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, we couldn't keep Tim Conley, I guess. But the, 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 And I think what we'll see, Rachel, is a friendly rivalry between the Waltons and the Cronkies, I don't think they really will like work together um, hand in hand, but I think they'll be cognizant of what they can both do for the community. And it will be fascinating, Rachel, what happens with Elitch Gardens, because that's going down. And what's going to go in there in that place, we'll see. But these will be the big business decisions 
that will be uh, happening. So that's why I love Melody Hobson, who runs Starbucks um, and is a woman and is a minority. And I think that is all fantastic. Carrie Penner is going to have a large voice in the mm -hmm. organization, similar to the Pagula family a little bit. Husband, wife sort of run things. She's going to have a voice. So I am all for um, uh, uh, women being involved, minorities being involved. We need a greater collection of voices to make things better for everybody. Mm -hmm. The Broncos and sports in general needs to be inclusive, not exclusive. So I'm really, really hoping whatever develops and whatever happens will benefit everybody. And I'm optimistic that it will. I think the Broncos have shown a, to this point, a great degree of service to the community. And I imagine that is just going to increase. So with their business acumen collectively, the diversity and opinions and voices, the diversity and backgrounds, I know they're all wealthy. Okay. I know they're all rich people, but that's what it takes to do these sort of things. What you want are rich people that want the best things for everybody. Um, and if you want to be critical of the way just Walmart does things, I'm not here to talk about that one way or the other because I don't know enough about it. I just know what's been successful for other organizations has been a collective objective diversity. The one thing real quick, Rachel, that's gotten in the way of the Broncos, in my opinion, is that things got too inside. The relationships with Shanahan and Joe Ellis and John Elway, all that stuff was just like, I mean, is the real reason Kyle Shanahan isn't the coach because of a previous bad relationship with Joe Ellis and Mike Shanahan? All that's gone. So what you'll see, I think, in the future is just simply what's best for the organization. The end. And you know what? Um, I praise Joe Ellis for shepherding the team through some tough times and some great times. It's just time. It's time for something different after a long period of time. All the Bolin adult children, Rachel, are going to be generationally wealthy. They're fine, too. They had their time period. It was a great time period. And I'm excited for what's next. Oh, absolutely. And I will say to everyone, enjoy Elitch's, like DMAC said, while you still can. It's, it's definitely going out in the next couple of years. But let's talk about this Avalanche team now. You're headed out to practice. What can people expect? We don't know who the team is going to be playing in the Stanley Cup Finals. So what are you anticipating to see out on the ice as they kind of prepare? Composure, um, experience, um, a dedication to the ultimate goal. Uh, they're not they're 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 happy, not satisfied. Mm -hmm. And they've I think if, if you use a bumper sticker mentality, it's about it's not about ego. It's about winning. And that means you don't get in dumb fights. You don't care if you're the backup goalie or the starting goalie. You know, you work it however you work it. Um, you don't care. Like in the St. Louis series, Kale McCarr didn't even have a goal. No big deal. There have been times Nathan McKinnon's been shut out. You don't do extraordinary things for selfish purposes. You don't need to. And they have embraced that ethos completely. That's what you're going to see. And you're going to see a team, if they get down by a goal or two, doesn't freak out. If Even if they got down in the series by a game or two, they're not going to quit. They've been focused on this, Rachel, so single-mindedly, and I give them all the world and credit to get to this point. Anything can happen in a championship series. You're always going to play a great team, and in general, the better team will win. It is just so hard to imagine another team beating the Avalanche four times in seven games. It's just... I can't see it. 
Um, so I think the Stanley Cup is coming back to, to Colorado. Uh, I hope so, DMAC. I'm looking forward to all of the adventures, but you have been on the road so much in the last month, truthfully. Tell me your favorite city and why. I have favorites for different reasons. Uh, Nashville is Nashville is the most fun party city. Okay, uh, the Blues were the most competitive team. Mm-hmm. So and and that took a certain mentality, a, a blue collar work ethic. So I really appreciated uh, that. And Edmonton by far has the best hockey facility and the best overall fans. Uh, and that environment, I, I needed to be there to actually witness it and see it for myself. So I think you've gotten something out of all of these series that are really, really cool. Um, and, and if you go against Tampa, what that will be is dethroning a champion. So that's, that's accomplishing something on another level. And if you play the Rangers, you're kind of playing against the East Coast bias and the big city mentality of, of New York City, which will be kind of a fascinating dynamic one way or the other. So I, I've really enjoyed it all for all different reasons. And I, I can't wait for whatever's next. Have you heard about the drama with Madison Square Gardens on what could be a potential Game 7? Have you heard about this, DMAC? Baby, baby, baby. Ooh. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you something, Rachel. You getting kicked to the curb? You don't mess with the beeps. <laughs> don't, don't mess with the beeps. All right? So we had a full conversation about this last night at my house. And my boyfriend brought up a great point of Justin Bieber is from Canada. If he is not willing to move his concert for the NHL Game 7 uh-uh, Eastern uh-uh. Conference. Rachel, night, Rachel, yeah. we'll, play er- we'll play earlier in the day. We'll play at 9 a.m. You, or you don't mess with the Biebs. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying they're not going to move that concert at all? It's the Biebs, Rach. Okay. I don't know how else to say it. If you got to play the game in the morning, you play the game in the morning. You don't mess with the beats. Okay? I guess we'll see. I'm hoping it goes to a game seven. That makes this series so much like so much more exciting, in my personal opinion. It's already kind of crazy, but I think Tampa's got the, the way. Hey, Google, play Justin Bieber. Just to get some music going here. Hey, Google. Oh, shoot. Oh, hold on. Don't. Hey, Google, play Justin Bieber. Wait, wait, be patient. Okay. All right. I'm going to turn it up, Rachel. Okay. I'm ready. Hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, DMAC, as always, love hanging out with you. Thank you so much as you dance your way out on to the Avalanche practice. Thank you, everybody, too, for hanging out with us on Coffee Break. We'll be back again tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m. Bye, everybody.